This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. This is TLC Ninja, a podcast for teachers by teachers about classroom innovation. And welcome to episode 85 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host, Lisa Nowakowski, and I'm a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County here in California. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional technology coach in Beverly Hills, California. Just a reminder, we have a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got time for more than that. And today's coffee fact is that coffee loses caffeine as it roasts, so a dark or bold cup of coffee actually has less caffeine than that lighter roast. So think twice, people. Um, and tonight's guest, we're so excited, is Corey Orlando, who will be talking to us about, if not clip charts, then what? So, Corey, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Hi, thank you guys for having me. I have been in education, I want to say 19 years, but I'm currently in a new position. I just started my third month as, it's called Instructional Services Specialist for ELA Elementary TK6. And basically what that is, my team and I uh, support all ELA and ELD in Riverside Unified School District, uh, TK through sixth grade. That's exciting, and congratulations on the new yeah. position. That's really yeah. exciting. So you're here to talk to us about clip charts, and we have all seen the colored clip charts, the behavioral ones, whether we've used them or not, we, we're pretty much aware of them. Um, so you used them at one point in your career. Uh, I know you've openly talked about it. So why did you stop using them? So I'm gonna be totally vulnerable right here. I used them all the way up until I left the classroom five years ago. And I was back in the classroom last year in third grade, and that's when I stopped using them. And what I told myself when I used them in the classroom was, well, I only used them for like a month, and then we didn't need them anymore. But now that I know better, I use them a month too long with kids. Mm, I love that, just that you know better and that you learn and grow. So, you know, you've talked about them, you know, we've, there has been some um, articles out there about how they can be damaging to students. So what is your viewpoint on that? And, and how do you see them being damaging to students? I've seen them in different ways. Um, when it was clear to me, it wasn't actually the clip chart. It was actually a happy face behavior chart that I used with one particular student when I taught first grade. And unbeknownst to me, it was causing damage for months and months until his mom actually did reach out to me and let me know. And I was so thankful and brokenhearted when she let me know that, and I didn't do sad faces, but when he didn't get a happy face, he would be crushed. And he talked about how me, his teacher, didn't like him. And it was just ruining his self-esteem and that was not the intent whatsoever. And so when I saw what that did to that one student, I took it further and thought about, well, what must that be doing when I'm having students walk up to the front of the class and either grab the card and change their color or having them manipulate the clip in front of everyone and move that. And although we didn't use it often, 
when it was being used, I now reflect back on the damage that it did of embarrassment and, you know, hurting the student's self-esteem and other kids looking at them and labeling that kid. And so now that I zoomed out and I reflect, you know, I definitely know no better. Yes. So, you know, a lot of people say, I'm glad you brought up the, the story about your student uh, and the happy faces because a lot of people do say, but I only use them for positive. Um, and so I think we often forget that even those positives can have damaging effect on, on students. So how do you respond to those who say that they only use these clip charts to reward positive behaviors? I love, love, love that question because it comes up a lot. And I honestly didn't think about it because I did that too. And I didn't think about it until it was brought to my attention by a colleague of mine whose daughter was very much like how I was in school and how my daughter is, is just wants to do good, just wants to please the teacher. And what happened to this, this girl, I think she was in fourth grade, is she became so hyper-focused on clipping up that she was missing out on the learning that was happening in the classroom. And if she didn't clip up, she took it personally and she was hurt or she thought she was bad or she thought her teacher didn't like her. And I had never thought of it that way until it was brought to my attention. And now I can see how that could be damaging to say, well, we just used to clip up. What about the kid that never, ever clips up and is trying his hardest or her hardest and doing a great job for them, but the teacher doesn't either A, see it or B, recognize it as a positive thing. That could be damaging as well. Yeah, and I think that hyper-focusing on only doing positive and, and clipping up is... Yeah, I can definitely see how that can be damaging and just kind of overwhelming to a student. Um, but on the flip side of some of this is that we do need to help guide our students into becoming responsible citizens. I mean, that is part of our job too. Um, and part of that is, you know, guiding them towards socially acceptable behaviors. So if not clip charts, then what? <laughs> Right? We wish there was some script or some book or something that told you exactly what to do, but it, I've learned that it all depends on who's sitting in front of you and who the students are in front of you. And it was so apparent last year in my third grade class because it was great that my, my principal got rid of behavior charts as a whole school site that year that I started last year. Um, and my now what was, you know, our friend John Crippo kept talking about it. he only had one rule in his classroom and it was do the right thing at the right time. And if you're not sure, ask. So I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And these third graders didn't know what to do with that. Um, and what I did was I actually talked with them and asked them, like, how are you feeling um, coming into third grade? And I would say 80% of them were scared. And when I asked what they were scared about, they were afraid of being in trouble, being bad, getting detention. And I don't know where that all came from, but I saw where they were, where, how they were feeling. And it took a good three months for me to get them to trust me, that I was there for them, that I'm on their side, um, that I wouldn't turn on them. So I think just having conversations with them and showing them that I do believe in them. I focus a lot on positive, but it wasn't like clip up because you're positive. It's, it's just recognizing it in the moment and um, calling it out for everyone to see. And it, was, it turned into a culture. And what happened was my class just 
at about three month point just became this one whole culture where before it was kind of split into these little groups, even within, within third grade. You know what I think? It's still focusing on the positive, but not in such an in your face, I'm trying to get your attention away, but just bringing some attention to it when it happens on the spot. Um, for things like I had a student who, you know, a kid fell down and, and all these kids went around and helped pick him up and, you know, dust him off. And, you know, I, I praised that and we talked about it and, and kids started kind of finding those positive things happening within each other and finding ways to help each other. Um, and I don't know if I already said this story, so if so, we will, um, we'll move on. But we had a discussion in my class about no child should be eating alone, right? And um, the interesting thing happened was, and I explained why, and I, I got kind of emotional of why we need to be friends to each other. And I happened to walk by the lunch, the lunch tables one day, and one of my students was eating alone. And I just kind of sat down and said, hey, what, you know, what's going on? Why are you eating alone? Oh, I'm fine. I didn't eat by myself. And I caught the eye of one of my other students across the table behind him. And all I did was just kind of raise my eyebrows and smiled, and then I walked away. And, you know, I walked back to my classroom, and by the time I turned around, that student who I had raised my eyebrows got up left his table and came over and sat down with the other student and like tears in my eyes. I was just so proud. I took a picture. I tweeted it. I Facebooked it, you know, and then I wrote on the kid's desk, the boy who, who sat with, with the other boy. And I, I wrote with a whiteboard marker and I don't remember what it was, but it was just something like, thank you for showing your kindness at lunch. No, no friend should eat alone or something like that. And he was just so excited. He didn't clean that thing off his desk. He traced it for days. You know, and it was just kind of seeing the ripple effect of the kindness. And um, the class just kind of came together. And it, it, it wasn't easy. There were bumps. It wasn't all happy-go-lucky. But in the end, it was about Thanksgiving. I, I looked at my class and said, oh, my gosh, you all are so amazing. Look at, look at how, you've, how you have just come together and shown kindness and positivity. Um, so that's something. I, that's great. And, you know, it sounds like you have a lot of um, opportunities to talk and build those connections with your students and create that sort of culture of, you know, positivity and helping one another. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking, you know, it's beginning of the year, kindergarten, hurting, hurting cats. <laughs> we love kinders. They're cute. Um, you know, they're running around, but, you know, they just don't always have, you know, it in them to, you know, the drive to sit and, and learn um, just because they're just excited human beings. So would this sort of approach without the clip charts uh, work with younger students? I would think so. It's, you know, for the younger students, it would be a lot of modeling of, of what should be happening, what shouldn't be happening. They love to show what shouldn't be happening. And um, especially with technology today, like why not have them create a video of what not, not to do in class? And then a video of, you know, let's stop. This is what you should do. There's so many different things I think you can do. And with, with the littles, their attention spans are so short. So it might just be, again, zooming out and reflecting, what tasks are you having students do? You know, are you, are you having them sit for too long of a time? Let's change it up. And so maybe it's just that as, 
is changing our pace, changing our tasks, changing our direction based on the students that are in front of us. If they're showing us with their behavior that something's not working, you know, maybe we need to take a look at ourselves first and work with the students that we have in front of us. Excellent advice. Um, so, you know, it just sounds like you've done so much, um, you know, I know you're very passionate about this uh, with clip charts and creating the culture and, you know, just kind of getting rid of all of the clicks in your classroom and becoming one. I love hearing that we can do it in any grade level. Um, so are there any final thoughts that you have before we go? Um, yes, I have a lot of final thoughts. <laughs> For me, it was, and it, it took a while, it wasn't easy, but it took me understanding that this education gig isn't about me. It's about the kids and taking myself out of the equation and having to reflect on what was I doing and how was it affecting my kids. And when I have talked about clip charts before, and it was actually cool because I was able to do a, a Google Hangout with some pre-service teachers, I think it was two years ago, about this particular thing. And they did some flip grids as well. And a lot of what they said was, well, the teacher that I work with uses these behavior charts and it doesn't, it doesn't seem to affect the kids. And my question was, how do you know? How do you know how it's affecting the kids? How do you know what's going on in the hearts and minds of your kids unless you talk with them? And once I talked with my students, oh boy, they let me know. And it was very eye-opening. And uh, there was a time where I was shushed in a staff meeting and as an adult and what it did was it totally completely shut me down and I didn't hear another word in that staff meeting for the next hour I could just hear that shushing in my head and I was embarrassed one and then I felt really bad and so imagine what something like that would do to a kid and when I look at it from that that changed everything so just put that empathetic and looking from the perspective of the child and what, how, how could this be um, either damaging or changing the way they feel about themselves? Powerful, powerful stories. Thank you. Um, so that's all we have for today. Thank you so much, Corey, for joining us. And thank you to our listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. Tonight's comment question is, what sort of behavioral guides do you use in your classroom? Or if you're not in the classroom, which ones have you seen? If you use clip charts, has Corey made you think differently? And we hope she has. So please join us on Wednesday, October 2nd, when we will be talking another inspirational educator. Please don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. If you like the show, and of course you do, please help other people find us by rating and leaving a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. We're always looking for guests to share the great things they're doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill, or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks for listening.